0: You're listening to The Healthy Sensitive. Welcome, everybody, to The Healthy Sensitive, a podcast for introverts and highly sensitive people who are trying to live big and keep their health and their sanity intact in the process. I'm Leah uh, Burkhart, your hostess on the show, your resident HSP, introvert, blogger, podcaster, health educator, crazy nut. <laughs> uh, in today's episode, I want to talk about loneliness. So I know I've kind of touched on themes that resolve like around curiosity and resiliency. I wanted to spend a little bit of time on loneliness, primarily because it keeps popping up which I think is super interesting. So I don't know if you're aware of this, but apparently a number of, I don't know, organizations, I guess you could say, uh, have started talking about how we are in an epidemic of loneliness. That's not even just organizations either. You'll find it on TED Talks. You'll find it on uh, many researchers that are involved in the fields of psychology or who are life coaches. This keeps coming up. So naturally, I wanted to talk about it. So first off, what I think is super interesting is the connection that a lot of people are now finding between loneliness and the decline of our health. I don't know about most other health educators out there, but when I ask the question in the community, let's say I'm giving a presentation and I ask, you know, what comes to mind when you think of healthy? Most of the answers I get are things like eat plenty of vegetables, exercise, drink water, avoid junk food. Meditate, get enough sleep, and of course manage your weight, because you know we we can never be too rich or too thin. But rarely does anyone say, at least in the context of that conversation, human connection. Weird, right? So, ironically, what keeps coming up in the research on things like health and happiness, and in particular longevity, is that human connection is uh, kind of central, maybe even pivotal for health and well-being, or at least if you want to live long and also be satisfied. Those two things. Um, so as an example of where I'm getting my information from, there's a newsletter that was posted by Harvard Health, and they pointed to uh, Dr. Waldinger's work. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. So he's the director of Harvard study of adult development. I don't well, At least he was at the time. And this was, came out in 2017. So he may still be. I'm not actually sure things change quickly now. (laughs) Anyway, this study tracked 700 men, and they've been tracking these same men since 1938. So some of these guys are still alive today, they're in their 90s. Um, And what keeps coming up over and over, like they've taken blood samples, they've, um, they've interviewed these men throughout the years, they've interviewed these men's families throughout the years. And while diet and exercise and things like that are certainly not Superfluous, they're not uh, meaningless. Um, You know, like for example, one trait that came up as being really helpful was conscientiousness, which makes sense. If you go to the doctor and the doctor says, take these pills, and you're a conscientious person, you're probably going to be more likely to actually take them. So those things certainly were part of it, but just as big, if not bigger, hmm, just as big a part, if not a bigger part, (laughs) I don't know how to say it correctly, but basically what I'm trying to get at here is community connection these things continue to come up as being essential for health, wellness and longevity. But that can be a little bit tricky, I think, or at least for me personally, cuz it's not necessarily clear right off the bat if it's the connection that's doing the help. So is it th- is it the case that I am connected and that leads me to a healthier state of 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 being or is it the case that I am healthier and because I have more health and vitality, I'm more likely to have the energy to go out and connect based on what people are continuing, like when people are saying, um, and this really kind of sucks for me as a introvert, I don't want to hear this, but like, nope, loneliness in and of itself seems to be a problem. Um, some even suggest that it's toxic. So people who are lonely tend to have higher levels of cortisol in their bloodstream, which, you know, cortisol is supposed to be pumping in your system it's intrinsic to your survival but you don't want a ton of it you don't want it pumping around in your system all the time which in the case of those who identify as being lonely that's what's happening so what that really means is that your risk for inflammatory conditions such as type 2 diabetes heart disease and dementia go up some research suggests that loneliness can be as great a health risk as smoking 15 cigarettes per day per day per day So you've got a smoker who's smoking 15 cigarettes a day and you've got some other person who doesn't smoke and who's just lonely. Evidently, they're on equal footing. What? I mean, as a health educator, this is mind-blowing. I don't know if it really feels that way to you, but for me, I'm just saying. So, And then finally, um, it's even more of a risk than obesity, although obesity has certainly given a lot more publicity. That didn't surprise me as much as the cigarettes, though, to be quite honest. In the UK, the British Red Cross has even begun partnering with uh, what they've called a co-op, and they've set up a loneliness action group to combat this issue. Uh, Beyond that, so if you're familiar with Rachel Worsman's work, I'm not sure if you are, but I was introduced to her because I am a nerd, and I listen to a ridiculous number of podcasts, and one of them that I listen to is Ted Radio Hour, because come on, who doesn't want to listen to that one? And I just, one of the people that were brought on board uh, in a discussion about health and wellness, naturally, I would want to key into that one, was Rachel Wersman? So she does uh, work in neuroscience. And she's, in, in particular, she's interested in one part of the brain called the striatum. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, by the way. I'm kind of just hoping. I'm not... Again, kind of bear with me on this, because once you get into the realm of neuroscience, you're now into a, I, you're, I'm getting into territory that's not my, my home base. Um, but as I understand it, the striatum is, uh, well, it's connected with compulsive behavior and habits. It doesn't mean that because you have a striatum, you will have compulsive behavior and habits. Um, evidently, it's at the base of the forebrain and it enables decision making. It's heavily influenced by social connection and or its lack. It seems to be, and this part was a little unclear, it seems to signal something to do with the reward systems. So it's not per se, I don't know that the striatum is directly affected by things like dopamine, but it's involved in the decision-making process that would lead us to seek out rewards. So let's break this down a little bit. According to Rachel Worsman, people who are lonely have an extra sensitive striatum what that means is when if we're feeling well actually let me back up even more people who are socially isolated tend to have a more sensitive striatum and I do want to say here that social isolation and loneliness are not the same things but we'll get there so if you're more socially isolated you have a slightly more sensitive striatum and then in that vein if you also identify as being lonely as well as socially isolated It's going to signal the brain to start looking for external rewards. So it kind of makes us even more susceptible to addiction because we are seeking out something that can soothe that experience of loneliness. It's physically painful to feel lonely. So the kinds of things we might look for couldn't, it can include drugs and alcohol, but it can also include spending too much time in front of a TV screen or eating too much food or spending too much time playing video games like, and None of those things in and of themselves are bad. Food is necessary. Video games are fine. Um, Screen time is fine. I'm sitting in front of a screen right now as I'm talking to you and recording this podcast. But it's when it becomes something that is beyond your ability to consciously control. It feels like an urge, like a need. You have to do this thing. That can become problematic. So at any rate, ultimately what she's saying is loneliness directly impacts our neurochemistry and that can therefore lead to behaviors that are going to be less than optimal for ourselves but just the fact that it affects our neurochemistry in the first place so drastically in fact is wild to me so anyway I I made a little tiny parenthetical side note about there being a difference between social isolation and loneliness I kind of want to get back to that because it's really tempting to just kind of say oh You're lonely, no big deal. We'll just set up some play dates for you and throw you into a room full of other humans. Or, I know, we'll just have people randomly call you. And I suppose that's fine. I imagine for some people it's enough and it might even be really soothing. But it's worth noting here that social isolation and loneliness are not the same thing. So, there are plenty of people who might have chosen to spend a day alone. And far from feeling lonely, they feel relieved. And there are plenty of people who feel tremendously lonely while standing in a crowded room with a bunch of people. So just because you're alone doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be lonely. And just because you're not alone does not protect you from loneliness. What I will say, though, is that they do tend to be correlated. People who are socially isolated are more likely to feel lonely more often. So just something to think about. It's just also worth remembering that throwing, it's not like, oh, I'm socially isolated. So I'll just collect 250 Facebook friends and get out there and meet some random humans. That's not, it's, it's not really, um, it's not going to work. It's, it's a little, well, it's kind of lazy to be quite honest. And speaking of laziness and technology, um, and Facebook and the like, um, this kind of leads into the question, is technology and our culture fueling loneliness? Like, are screens the problem? Is this why we have a quote-unquote epidemic? Is it the dating apps? Is, is it specifically, you know, Facebook? I mean, we're using that as a scapegoat for everything else. Why not this, right? Um, well, uh, I can't speak for everyone, but there's one article I thought was kind of very interesting. Luke Fernandez and Susan Matt we both of them mind that technology isn't so much responsible for loneliness as it is responsible for making us more keenly aware of our loneliness. So basically, in the past, we all felt lonely, but we didn't have constant exposure to each other in a social media platform sort of way to see the juxtaposition of whatever it is we might be feeling. So I might be feeling lonely, but I can't just cue into my neighbor's experience and figure out and find out oh well she doesn't feel lonely and I do oh now I feel worse that wasn't an option I just felt lonely most people just figured it was a part of the human condition and in fact you have people like you know uh, Henry David Thoreau Walt Whitman who were kind of embracing it and saying hey there's value to be had in going out there and just being self-sufficient and kind of moving beyond the loneliness And beyond that, uh, I know I've quoted her several times, but Glennon Doyle points to this in her book, Love Warrior, when she talks about hot loneliness. So in her book, if you're interested in reading it, it, I think it's fabulous. She goes through her struggles with an eating disorder, with alcoholism, with drug addiction, how she kind of crawls out of all of those. And and she does it through really intense self-inquiry. Well, uh, what she determines in her quest is, oh, all this time, I thought that if I felt lonely, it was a problem. And I mean, it is, it's extremely uncomfortable. But what she mistakenly believed, like she fell for the trap that social media and marketing campaigns sort of lay down for us, hoping that they'll snag us. What marketing campaigns, what television ads, what all these social media platforms try and say even if only subtly is oh are you lonely do you feel isolated do you feel empty inside that's weird that's wrong you should never feel lonely you should never feel empty you should always feel happy and satisfied and sated and you know your husband should always be the love of your life and your wife should always be you know I don't even know what you want to put there. there. There's a phrase that came to my mind and I don't know if it's appropriate, but whatever. Whatever it is that's in your life, it should always make you happy. And if you're not happy, oh, sweetie, oh, that's a problem. We need to fix it. Here's an easy button for you. Glennon Doyle's words, not mine. But the kind of easy buttons that come up, come forth is buy this thing, eat this food, drink this booze, and all will be put to rights again. So in essence... It's not that we didn't feel loneliness in the past. We did, but we didn't have something outside of ourselves constantly saying, are you lonely? That's weird. Are you lonely? That's super weird. Are you lonely? Oh my God, you should not be lonely. Here's a product. Take the product. My God, man. We didn't have any of that happening in the background. So we just kind of dealt with our loneliness. An example that I, I give in the blog entry that, I, I have that correlates with this topic is like, oh, you know, you look at, I don't know, Sally Smith profile on whatever social media platform you would want to look at. And she's getting married. Look how happy she looks. Oh, I wish I were that happy. Never mind that those were just the few pictures she took during the photo booth, whatever thing, the, the photo op that the two of them, like that's just their filtered engagement photos. You don't see behind the scenes that she's losing sleep because of the bajillion wedding decisions she has to make. Or that she's struggling to stay on good terms with her soon-to-be in-laws. You don't see any of that stuff. No one posts that. That's not true. Some people do. Most people don't post that. And so we're constantly now we're in. It's not just that we're feeling lonely, and it's not just that it's getting aggravated by a culture that's continuing to like to kind of put us. That's. The pull of gravity by our culture is kind of pulling us all towards social isolation, Commun- like community and connection really and truly is more challenging in today's time and for a number of reasons. So you've got a culture that's kind of pushing people toward more social isolation. And you've got a culture that is telling you that if you feel lonely, there's something wrong, either wrong with you or wrong with your life. Because and this brings me to the number three, everyone else feels great. You're the odd man out, so you better buy something quickly or eat something fast or drink it down, you know, I guess quickly. Wow, brain fart there. If you do any of those things, all will be okay. That's not actually true, but anyway. Why would I bring all of this up specifically for highly sensitive people? I mean, what? Do I just feel lonely? Uh, based on the work that I do with them? Yes. In my experience, when I speak with my fellow HSPs, loneliness is a universal theme and it's a special kind of loneliness. So the kinds of things I hear include, I want to feel like someone just gets me, but most of the time I just feel like an alien. I want to feel connected, but by the time I'm done with work, I'm exhausted. I just want to go home. I know that if I would just, you know, if I just go home and I keep doing this every day, I'll probably just feel more lonely but I don't know what to do, I'm so tired. I know I should get out more and meet new people, but networking events exhaust me. I find it hard to meet new people that I would actually want to form a relationship with because, well, I'm easily bored by superficial conversation and most new conversations start off being a bit superficial. I'm easily irritated by behaviors others don't even seem to notice. I can quickly assess a person's values and attitudes, which, I might disagree with and therefore don't want to invest further in. Or it could be the other side of the coin. Maybe you don't have so much of a challenge meeting people, but maintaining a connection. And that's like trying to deepen the relationship. And that might be because I'm afraid of the energy it will require of me to sustain it. The fear of the possibility of hurting someone's feelings at some point during our relationship. I'm afraid that someone might hurt me. I flat out just don't like conflict, so I just don't want to go there. If this sounds even a little bit like you, the good news is that you're not alone. But what good does that do to know if you feel alone in it? So in other words, what am I supposed to do about it? Well, the tips that I want to kind of bring to the table here include first off, remember everyone feels lonely at some point, no matter what the images on the social media platforms you look at, try to fool you into believing everyone gets lonely. You might even sing the tune, everybody hurts, (laughs) sometimes. You know, what I mean by this is simply that there's nothing wrong with feeling lonely. It's a perfectly normal human emotion, and your capacity to feel it suggests that you're still alive. Next, get curious about your loneliness. Try to find loneliness inside of you. What does it feel like? What bodily sensations does it encourage? Often, just by witnessing loneliness, it can shed some light on the sense of emptiness you might feel, and in many cases, make it dissipate. I know this has happened to me on several occasions. I'll feel this sharp pang of loneliness, and I'll feel itchy, and this sort of need to just, oh, I need to fix this. I don't know what's going on. So I suppose that's that little I'm going like, ding, 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 like, fix this. I don't like it. And so then sometimes I just sit with it and go, okay, really, though. What is it that I'm feeling? And if I start moving away from this is loneliness and toward what sensations are coming up right now in the midst of my loneliness? How is my body feeling? What's really happening? It can be surprising how quickly I can't find loneliness. It's just sensation. And sensation is a totally different creature. Sensation doesn't, it's not good, it's not bad, it just is. And that, in and of itself, makes it evaporate. This one's kind of fun. You'll get this one. When uh, you, then you're not going to like it, actually. Probably not. Gently push yourself to get out and meet new people in ways that are non-threatening. I can testify to this. I would never say anything on a podcast or encourage people to do something on a blog that I wasn't willing to do myself. And I've been doing little miniature experiments with this. I mean, I live alone with a dog and a cat. So I'm just not really alone. But, you know, I'm not in a relationship and I don't live with any roommates at the moment. And I I go to work and I come home and that's kind of my life. So there have been times when I felt lonely and I decided, okay, well, I've got to let's go test some things out. Let's see what happens when I go out to a meetup. And there were times when I would say yes to a meetup only to... Like the day of, I know you've had this experience before. On Tuesday, you thought it'd be a great idea to go on Thursday, but then Thursday comes around and you're thinking, never mind, I don't wanna. <laughs> like, but I forced myself, not painfully, not cruelly, but I just said, no, we're gonna do this thing. So I started, I went, I'm, I'm going to like a Spanish meetup because I really, you know, uh, quiero aprender español mucho. So I go to a Spanish meetup and I was tired and did not want to do this thing. And I'm like, I'm gonna have to meet these people. And I I don't speak Spanish. Well, this is gonna be incredibly uncomfortable. What am I doing? And I went and there were five people there. And they were wonderful and warm. And I got to chit chat in Spanish with, you know, I mean, no hablo espanol bien, pero, you know, hablo un poquito de espanol. So I was able to speak a little. And That felt great. I thought, wow. And I left feeling more energized than I felt when I arrived, which really surprised me because as an introvert, I've always self-identified as a person who will leave a social situation feeling like I have less energy than I had when I got there. But it just it turns out I just had to be more deliberate with the kinds of social engagements I committed to. So I tried another example. What about going to a discussion group? Let's try that. That went great. I went to a shut up and write group turns that was great Um, a book club that was great and so I'm discovering that these experiences with and and the more often that I go to these things the more I start to find that these people become familiar to me and with that familiarity comes a sense of ease and a sense of connection and it's easy to make that connection because well we at least have a few things in common already so it, it doesn't feel forced because the primary focus is on the thing that we're all doing And then the secondary thing that comes out of that is an organic conversation that can lead to things that are more interesting. So it doesn't just feel like idle chit chat. So I highly recommend gently pushing yourself to try things that might feel a little bit uncomfortable, but in the end you may discover is totally worth it. Uh, Next thing I'll say is get enough sleep. I'm using my personal experience for this as the primary element (laughs) in this bullet point. I know for me personally, when I haven't slept well... It's amazing. I I really and truly feel more lonely. And every time I dig into it, it's like, is it really loneliness or is it just fatigue? And it probably is 99% fatigue, but the experience feels like a palpable kind of loneliness. It's my first knee-jerk response when I ask myself, how am I feeling right now? So, and so I did a little bit of research to see if I was the only one, is this unique? And it's not. I'm not (laughs) like evidently people who are sleep deprived are more likely to identify as lonely and they're more likely to self-isolate which makes sense if you're exhausted you're not going to go out so it's I don't know it's I find it really interesting so get enough sleep you may have a life that is conducive to loneliness so you may just need to get out more but you might just need to get another hour of sleep and maybe all would be right again (laughs) Um, Next, don't assume that just because you spend long hours alone, that it means you should feel lonely. This is a big problem in the wellness industry. As soon as we find out something's good for you, we immediately jump to the the, the notion that it's opposite has to be bad. If broccoli is good, then cookies must be bad. Cookies are great. Have you ever been in the middle of a marathon? Excellent life choice. You know, and in the same sense, just because social interaction is linked with health and well-being... That doesn't mean solitude is going to harm you per se. It only is harmful if you feel like you don't have the choice to move away from loneliness or not, excuse me, move out of your solitude. So if you've chosen to be alone and you know that at any moment, if you wanted to, you could pick up the phone and call a friend, that's not loneliness. And if you prefer to spend more of your time alone, there's nothing wrong with that. Research shows that on average, you only need to hang out with or really just talk to one person for one hour, once every I want to say two weeks. And that's just on average. So everyone's different. Everyone has different social needs. All I'm inviting you to consider is, you know, it's worth inquiring about what your needs are, whatever your number might be. And then finally, befriend yourself. This is imperative. One of the greatest challenges that HSP tend to have is low self-esteem. This is especially true for men with high uh, processing sensitivity. But no matter who might be in the room with you or sleeping in the bed next to you, you are always ultimately alone in your unique experience. If you enjoy your own company, loneliness will find it much more difficult to take root within you. So these are just some tips to play around with. Uh, I do want to say, so I've put out the second of my courses... I'm continuing to uh, update the posts in the, the online community. So in this upcoming week, I'll be inc- like go- sending out um, some more in depth details about loneliness, about the research on loneliness and about tips and tricks that might be helpful to combat loneliness. Maybe combating it is a little bit mm, strange, but maybe some uh, some journal entries that you can play with, uh, things like that. So that's what's going to be happening in the membership site. I'm also going to be launching a pilot course. And the pilot course is going to be live. And I don't mean in person, but I'm going to be doing it. It's a WIBE, It's a weib (laughs) webinar. It's a live webinar. I want to put together it's a four sequence four session series on sleep. Uh, I've done a lot of research on sleep. And I'm finding that I continuously keep popping, you know, running into people who are struggling with it. So I want to do sort of a deep dive. How do you get to sleep faster? How do you stay asleep longer? Sleep is absolutely imperative for all human beings, but it's particularly important for highly sensitive people. And uh, as I've mentioned a few times throughout this podcast, sleep is what led me down the path of holistic health and wellness over in general. I struggled with getting sleep. I've struggled with it since I was like eight years old so did a lot of (laughs) a lot of work on this area and now I sleep like a normal human so yay me but now I want to share what I've discovered and the research that I've done uh, with folks and I also want to link people together so I don't just want it to be a self-paced course I'm putting it out there to be a course where you actually come together at a specific time and we can all kind of talk about our respective experiences because I have found there's something really healing about, especially as an insomniac, when you feel like you're the only one in the world who really gets it. I mean, I don't know if you've had this experience before, but if you've had trouble with sleep and then some other idiot says, oh, really? I don't know what the problem is with you. I just, my head hits the pillow and I'm out like a light. I'm like, oh, screw you. Like, I, what? It's a horrible thing to say to me right now. Thanks. It can feel even worse because a lot of times people don't really understand the crazy making that it can stir up in in folks. So once again, uh, I'm going to be posting the registration page on my website pretty shortly. It's not up yet, but I'm just sort of putting out the teasers for right now. Uh, If you're curious about the details and you don't want to wait for me to put up the registration page, please reach out to me. It's Leah at thehealthysensitive.com. Um yes, once again, Leah at thehealthysensitive.com and just make mention of the fact that you're interested in joining the pilot. Uh and I can I'll, I can whatever I'll be putting up all the details quite soon, but I'm happy to answer questions beforehand. I think that just about takes care of it. So, I hope your week goes fabulously well. I always like posting this on Monday so that you get an opportunity to hear something. It's like, oh, yeah, at least there's something to look forward to on a Monday. (laughs) Anyway, once again, have a fabulous week. If you want to join the membership page, go to www.thehealthysensitive.com. Go to join the community. I'll be posting sort of in-depth deep dives into each of the topics that I go over in my podcast. Um, Love to have you. It's only $5 a month, so... If it's something that you're interested in please come and join and otherwise if you don't want to join or if you're just curious and want to say like start a conversation you can email me at leah at the and yeah i'm finally done have a fabulous week i've said that five times now Bye bye <laughs>